Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. And God's not forgotten you. And in the spite of no matter how bad it has ever been in your life, I, I just got some great news for you. As I read the Bible here, God always, when you add Him into any situation into your life, will change that situation. Always. And He'll change it for the better. Now, sometimes there's some adjustment that needs to be made, but that's okay. Let God do that. Because God can build out of the ashes better than it was before. And you say, how can that be? That's where He's God. And you let God be God because that's what He does. God already knows the future. He said, go out, you're going to find a guy carrying a water pot. You follow Him and He's going to have the room ready for where we're all going to have Passover meal. Now, now friends, God knows the future. God knows more about tomorrow than you remember about yesterday. And that's why we have great hope in the days to come. Not in that the world and that the United Nations is going to make everything work. But our hope is in Christ Jesus, whom the Bible says that He's going to come and get us one of these days and take us all home. Friends, I look forward to that. That's something that... Uh, As you see these things go on around you, and it's interesting, the book of um, Ezekiel, we talked about this a little bit last week, but Ezekiel chapter 38 talks about in the last days that there's going to be a coalition of Arab countries that come against Israel literally to destroy it, push it into the sea. It's interesting that the, the president of Iran, not Iraq, but Iran, said that his whole purpose is to destroy Israel. And you know, it's interesting that Meshach and Tubal are going to be two of the principles that are going to be an aid to what the Bible says is Persia. Persia is Iran. And Meshach and Tubal are two ancient cities in Russia. Moscow and and, um, uh, Toblansk. But as our own people tell us, the change between peaceful use of the atom and military use for the atom is a very, very short step. And so we see this alignment happening. You might want to read it. It talks about Ethiopia. Libya, the Balkan states around the Baltic Sea area, which are now, uh, we know, are are, are, uh, Islamic states. And the Bible says this is all coming for a showdown. Now, I would be worried, especially my heart goes out to you people that have small children. My heart would be worried. But you know what the Bible says? That these things will come to pass. You know what God's told us? When you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws an eye. And so I begin to see them. I begin to see them. And I see that God knows the future. Just as Jesus told his disciple, you go in there, you're going to find you two guys, you're going to find a guy carrying a water pot, and I can just see him going into town. Hey, look, there's a guy carrying a water pot. Let's follow him. Okay, let's follow him. And they go, hey, we want to talk to the guy that owns this house. Okay, he comes down, he goes, "Uh, where's the room that you have prepared for Jesus and the disciples? Oh yeah, come on up here, I've been expecting you. Whoa. Whoa. It's amazing. Notice it says, His disciples went out, came into the city, found it just as He said to them, and He prepared the Passover. 
Well, in the evening, verse 17, he came with the twelve. Now, as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Surely I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. Now, eating in those days with somebody, you became part of them. This is all part of this, this Hebrew society. And it is this way in the Middle East, and it was that way when I was in Tonga. And I've shared this before. Many of you maybe have not heard my Tonga story about when I would go and eat with them. And again, we pray the missionary prayer. Lord, I'll eat it up. You keep it down. Because I remember we were in this Land Rover with no brakes. Because British cars use castrol girling brake fluid, which is made from castor oil. And American cars use a glycol-based oil. And if you put American brake fluid in a British car, it eats the little rubber seals out, and you have no brakes. The only break we have is the emergency break. So when we come up to a stoplight, or t- there's no slide, a stop sign or an intersection, you pull the emergency brake. You say, come up, you look both ways and let go of the emergency, you take off. And we get out into this jungle, and it's really nice, as jungles go. And we're there, and they got the food on the table, grakimoko sauce and all kinds of good stuff. You're going to like all of it. But imagine coming up there and saying, um, let's see, I, I really need to wash my hands. I go, there's no water. Oh, well, um, okay, so you get up there in line, and <laughs> you're like this. There are no spoons to spoon it out and put it on your banana leaf. You reach in with your hand, and you put it on your plate or your leaf. And then your hands are gooky because you're going to go to the next one. Well, they lick them off. <laughs> and then they decide, you know what? That looks really good. I think I'll have some more. You guys in your game this afternoon getting after people for double dipping. Let me tell you something. This is nothing like that. <laughs> this is like something from the Twilight Zone. And, and, and then, then it'll go to the next and the next and the next. And then they come back and... And I say, and, and hear me, you know, <laughs> Captain Polani, you know, I'm going, you know, us, it's, their, their dollar over there is called a, a pahanga. And all the euros are called Polanis. And I would always get the two mixed up. So when I went to the bank, I'd say, I'd like one Polani's worth of stamps, please. What I said is, I'd like one white boy's worth of stamps, is what I said. But, because <laughs> I... But I, I, I said, where's the silverware? The silver what? You know, spoons? Oh, man, you eat with your fingers. And so literally, as you're sitting there, people are eating with their fingers. They're just having a good time. And you begin to understand a little bit more that when, in the Hebrew tradition, that when Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and will invite me in, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. I will eat dinner with you. Now, this is why they got after Jesus oftentimes. They they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, why do you eat with the publicans and the sinners? Now, we would think in our modern 21st century America, what's wrong with that? You know, you go out to dinner with, you know, your, your, you know, your tax guy. I mean, what's the big deal? No, no, no. They didn't have silverware. 
Whatever diseases they had, you had. You see, the sinners, they lived in very riotous lifestyles. Very sinful ways. I mean, in all the things that they do. And so when they would sit down and they would, you would share a common dish with them, you know, and all this would go on. And they would do the same. That's when they'd say, Jesus, why do you do that? What's interesting there in the book of Revelation, why Jesus would say to somebody that has left Jesus out of their life, and Jesus is knocking on the door, and he says, you know, knock on the door, open the door, I'll come in and sup with him, he with me. You're thinking, wow, God's not scared of my bugs. God's not scared of you. He's willing to sit down and sup with you. And he, notice he says, and as they sat and ate, Interesting conversation around the dinner table. Surely I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful. And they said to him one by one, is it I? Another said, is it I? They all were doing this self-examination thing. Now, this tells me something a little bit more about Judas Iscariot. He was stealthy. I am always amazed here that this doesn't read. And they began to be sorrowful and said to one another, Judas. Yep, we knew that guy was a flake from the day you picked him, Jesus. But they said, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Tells me a lot. Tells me we really don't know us. Is this something that God, I'm capable of doing? And I think it's amazing that they were asking this question among themselves. One by one, they went through this. And even the pious Judas Iscariot lying, saying, Lord, is it I? Well, you rat fink, of course it's you. Now, something interesting here. This is the Passover meal. It just says that Jesus had it uh, prepared. Now, friends, this is, this is something. This is something. Now, maybe you don't catch this on the surface, but there's something really, a dynamic principle of God's love here, and that's simply this. Judas Iscariot, having already went to the Sanhedrin to give the whereabouts where Jesus would be later on that evening, when the crowds would not be around him, so that they could capture him, interrogate him, condemn him to death, and get rid of the guy... Judas Iscariot was the vehicle by which they were using because they paid him money. And what's amazing to me is Jesus allowed him to eat at his table. Wouldn't it have been more like this if this was you and me? An evening came with the eleven. Now Judas was trying to get into the upper room and Jesus said, You traitor, leave now immediately lest I kick you in the face. I mean, he knew all things. He knew that they were going to be in the room. Do you think that Jesus did not know that Judas Iscariot was going to do this? Well, you know, Jesus, had he just been a little more with it, had he been a little more sensitive to his disciples, he would have known that Judas Iscariot was really going to betray him any minute. And so therefore, you know, Jesus kind of got tripped up and got himself crucified. Oh, man. Or was it exactly what the Bible says? Somebody would say, when Judas went to betray Christ, it wasn't by accident, friends. 
Jesus knew. Notice as we read this, he says, And then he answered and said to them, It is one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. As they were all breaking bread together and and having this meal and supper and communion together, he said, the one that dips with me. Evidently, from what we can tell, Judas Iscariot could have been the guy, you might say he might have been the man of honor at the meal. We know John was on one side of him, Judas was on the other side, and they reclined when they ate, kind of like when we do when we watch in the Super Bowl and you're kind of laying there, you know, and the Doritos kind of go in, you know, and we're just kind of laying there, got that arm reaction down good, you know. They got to land there, eating. That's what they do. Verse 21. Son of man indeed goes just as it is written of him. Notice. But woe by that man whom the Son of Man has betrayed. It would have been better for him or good for that man that he'd never been born. And so as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to them and said, take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup which he had given thanks and gave it to them. And they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. Surely I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Literally saying, I'm not going to have it again until we all have it together in heaven. Kind of a neat thing that Jesus here is saying. You know, another one of the gospels says at that point, Judas got up and left the room. He looked at Judas and said, what you do, do quickly. And so Judas got up and he left. And as he left, the Bible tells us that he went and for 30 pieces of silver sold the whereabouts of where Jesus would be later on that evening. That was the way that he operated. I think it's noteworthy again, friends, if you knew somebody was going to come and grab you in a few hours and drive big spikes through your hands, the, the normal reaction would be to get out of Dodge, run fast, as quickly as you can. But Jesus willfully allowed this to happen to him. It wasn't that the devil tricked Jesus into getting crucified. Jesus willfully laid his life down for you and me. The reason why is simple. Hell is a terrible place. That's the bottom line. A lot of times we don't want to think about that, but the Bible tells us it's a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, a place of outer darkness and eternal punishment. What would be the purpose of an eternal lake of fire if those that were cast in it were not eternal beings as well? And the Bible tells us that that there is this, this terrible judgment that awaits man, and there's only one way that man could be saved, and that was through the blood of Christ. One man sold all of humanity into slavery, named Adam. And one man redeemed all of mankind, named Jesus. What we do with this relationship with God that God has for us is between you and Him. We're just messengers. If you've been born again, you share your faith, you're just a messenger. People oftentimes get mad at messengers. Messengers are just doing their job. And I would invite you to continue to do your job. But on the other hand, if you're not a Christian here this morning... And you think about that. What does God expect from me as a human? And how far have I missed it? And what are the consequences if I miss it? You know, I'll tell you this. As I look at what Jesus went through from about this point on is actually where it says, they'd sung a hymn in verse 26, and they went out to the Mount of Olives. 
From about that time on, I don't know all that hell is, but I'll tell you one thing, friends. Whatever it is, Jesus went through hell on this earth so that you don't have to go to an eternal one. And sometimes what I know about something is what somebody has to pay to redeem somebody from it. God loves you. And God has that purpose for your life. As you look at this, he said as he held up the bread and gave it to the disciples, take eat, this is my body. Peter tells us that the bread was for our healing. Most everybody knows that the cup, the New Testament, was the shedding of blood for your soul. So your eternity would be with him and that your sins would be forgiven. But the bread is so that you could be healed. And friends, what I have found, we need to be healed. We need to be healed. People say, well, Mike, I don't have a cold or nothing. You know, since I got my flu shot, I feel fine. I'm not talking about that. You know, you're a lot more than just not having a cold. We're very complex beings. Do you realize how complex we really are? You say, what are you talking about? Lay your head down on your pillow at night and let the thoughts run through your mind. Those sometimes those thoughts of one minute wanting to hug somebody and the next minute wanting to kill them. The next minute of being so happy and thankful for all that you have and the next minute willing to walk and run away from everything that you know. We're very complex. But the Bible says by his stripes, Peter says, we're healed. And friends, God has a way of healing your ability to love, your ability to trust, your ability to be trusted. God has a way of healing your thought patterns and your mind. And the things that have happened to you. Friends, there are some things that have happened to people that I know in this room that all I can say, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. To know what people have gone through. Sometimes just being a kid. From being abused to being abandoned. You don't think that those things that happen have an effect on your life and the way you look at life? They do. No wonder people get stoned out of their gourds. No wonder people get drunk all the time. Trying to escape, you know, trying to get healed. So it doesn't bother, it doesn't hurt anymore. By his stripes, you're healed. Communion. I just want to invite you that as you hold that cracker in your hand, that unleavened bread... And you feel all those rough edges. Remember, they roughed Jesus up so you could be healed. And as you put that in your mouth today, and you think about that by his stripes, by the, the breaking of him, as Jesus held that bread up and he broke it, he passed it around. He was showing, look, you don't have to be broken anymore. I was broken for you so you could be healed. And let me tell you something, you need to be healed. You need to have your mind healed. You need to have your heart healed. Those things have been done to us, friends. You will carry those around in your life until God lays an axe to it. People have often said, if I could just get free from my past, that's what I want. That's how God does it. This is through the breaking of the bread. You know, the Bible tells us in Corinthians 11, he says, Those that eat of the cup unworthily, he said, for this reason, many are sick and dead among you. And people say, I'm not worthy to have communion. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about when you have communion and you don't realize what it's for. This is the reason many are sick and dead among you. It's like like having, for instance, a flu go through the town and there's flu shots available. But because 
We don't know what the flu shots are. We don't get a flu shot. And for this reason, many of you are sick and have the flu. He's saying, when you disregard the flu shot, say, oh, it has no value. It's just a bunch of people down there in that big block building down there. They have a bunch of little white hats on, a bunch of little white gurneys on. And we don't really understand what they're doing in there. Paul said, it's for this reason many are sick and have the flu. Put it this way. When you don't understand what Jesus did for you on the cross, in this one sacrament in which God said, this is something you can do to remember me by. Not an 8 by 10 glossy hanging in the back of the church of a picture of Jesus or a bronze statue in the city park. But this is something Jesus said, you do this. And when you do this, do this for this reason, that through it, I'm going to heal your heart and I'm going to remind you that I died for you and that's how valuable and precious you are to me. Friends, I'll tell you something. It changes the way you look at yourself. I'm valuable to God. That's pretty neat. And God, I'm valuable to others as well. And this means something to you in eternity. And so, Father, let me be that servant. Now, just as you went out of your way to serve me, let me go out of my way to serve others. You see, that's what love is, friends. Love requires us to give of ourselves. It's not within me to be that way. But you know, when God touches your heart and changes your life, there's a willingness to give and to love and to be loved. My heart goes out to each one of you that have given of yourself and you've been rejected or hurt. But I got good news for you today. There's a God in heaven who loves you that has not forgotten you. That as you give to him, the Bible says, even a cup of cold water in his name carries a reward in eternity. And our reward is not in this earth, it's in eternity. Yes, it's great sometimes when we do get rewarded in this earth, it's a blessing. But your ultimate reward's in heaven. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226 and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow. Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time for more It's Time. It's Time.